0: Welcome to Art Scoping. I'm your host, Max Anderson.
1: I miss a lot of the things that I complain about when I'm here. But I do love the subway. I do like noise. I do like pollution. When I moved to New York and then I went home to Philadelphia, I was just so obnoxious. Well, in New York, we can do this. Well, in New York, we can do this. In New York, we can get wonton soup at three in the morning, even though you don't want wonton soup at three in the morning. And my father said, well, why don't you just go back to New York?
0: That's Patricia Marks, a staff writer at The New Yorker. She has been contributing to the magazine since 1989. She's a former writer for Saturday Night Live and Rugrats and is the author of several books, Including the novels Him, Her, Him, Again, The End of Him, and Starting from Happy, both of which were finalists for the Thurber Prize, numerous children's books, among them Now Everybody Really Hates Me, and Meet My Staff, and nonfiction books, including Let's Be Less Stupid, an attempt to maintain my mental faculties, and most recently, Why Don't You Write My Eulogy Now So I Can Correct It, A Mother's Suggestions, and You Can Only Yell at Me for One Thing at a Time, Rules for Couples, illustrated by Roz Chast. She received her B.A. from Harvard University and was the first woman elected to the Harvard Lampoon. Patty has taught screenwriting and humor writing at Princeton University, New York University, Columbia, and Stony Brook University. She was the recipient of a 2015 Guggenheim Fellowship. Welcome to the podcast, Patty.
1: Thank you. Uh, It's it's, uh, nice to be here. It looks uncannily like my apartment.
0: Probably it is. And I'm so grateful to have you in your apartment and also on Art Scoping, which is usually populated by art world denizens. Today, however, most of our listeners get to hear from one of the nation's foremost cultural commentators. So, Patty, I'd wait, like to wait, begin. Who
1: would that Who would that be?
0: Whoever's not, on the other line. Not,
1: not I.
0: <laughs> All right, but then, nevertheless, you okay. could tell me and us a little bit about your recent trip to montana the real america
1: oh i hope it's not the real america my trip i could answer two ways it was wonderful it was awful and both would be accurate Uh, wonderful is not really very interesting ever right or funny Um, i have a friend whose family has a ranch uh, i like to say in yellowstone park but that's technically a lie, but it's surrounded by Yellowstone. So the only way in or out is to walk the 11 miles or walk partly in and then be carried the rest of the way by the horse-drawn carriage or helicopter in. And I've done all three and you can imagine which is the best. Um, And once you're there, it's spectacularly beautiful. I feel like nature, which I really don't. I mean, I live in New York. I'm not from New York, but I love New York because you don't have to walk on grass ever. I like I like to have a view of Central Park, but I don't really need to live in it. And Montana is full of grass. People go hiking, which to me is the worst thing in the world. And they get hiking shoes, which you don't really need. I use sneakers. And I don't even mind walking. Well, I do mind walking. But if there's like a store to look at, no stores in Montana, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I went hiking because peer group pressure is my thing. And I mean, it's very operative. So I did go hiking. But I did a lot of horseback riding, which I can't say I liked. But I liked it more than hiking. So I did it all the time. In Montana, they have these horses that it's really horseback sitting. And so the horse is doing all the work, so I didn't mind that. I liked it. I, I actually kind of kind of liked it because you get credit for doing something, but the horse is really doing it. I mean, if you had a stroke while you were on the horse, it wouldn't make a difference to the horse. So I did that. I did archery and I went to overnight camps. So I love archery. I did fly fishing, which is the stupidest sport in the world. I mean, unless you want to catch as I did my nice shirt or my neck. And <laughs> I went spear throwing, which I loved. So hmm. if you want dinner or something, I could get it. I love spear when throwing.
0: You, spear throwing. You mean spear fishing or it's just random spear? No, throwing?
1: I mean, maybe you, you go by the uh, native American name of Addle Addle. No, it's, it's a spear that you throw with the aid of this ingeniously designed device that looks like one of those Scandinavian beautiful, elegant wooden Scandinavian toys that kids hate and parents like, uh, and it you put the spear you sort of nestle the spear in this in this machine it's not really a machine because you can 't plug it in, but in this apparatus, and effectively it lengthens your arm by being longer than your arm, and uh, first of all, how many deer
0: I, did you fell? I'm curious in this.
1: Well, I hit the target. Oh, okay, that was it. I hit the target. Yeah. So anyway, Montana was was great. I'm back. I have a lot of pictures that look like I'm having a really good time, and that's important.
0: Yeah, uh, and I'm sure you share them widely on social media. I'm sure that's one. I'm of the not on there. social media. <laughs> yeah, I, I know.
1: I <laughs> guess you're not surprised.
0: I'm not surprised, but so you're back. And I wanted to ask you because just a couple of weeks ago, New Yorkers were very smugly mask free on the subway and of good cheer. But thanks to the Delta variant, we're back to beekeeper outfit. So I'm wondering how you're finding New York during what's been called the pandemic.
1: Okay. I, I don't know. It was, I thought England was the ping but, but okay. First of all, I have so much to say. Second of all, I don't know what the pandemic is, but I hate it because I hate pings all day long. Things beep at me, and it often means that my refrigerator is broken, or that I've gotten a news alert that, like, an amoeba has subdivided or something. So I hate being pinged. But now, if you want to talk about the pandemic... Desperate I, I do not mean... To be lighthearted about this because it's a terrible, terrible thing, truly terrible. But I loved lockdown. I loved it. I, I, as you know, I hate the outdoors. So it was like for me: okay, you're on vacation, but there's bad weather outside, so you're going to have to sit at the hotel. I, the reading list of the pandemic for me was sensational. I got so much accomplished if you measure in TV units. I mean, all the things I thought I'm going to have to retire to see The Sopranos, I saw The Sopranos. I read, well, I read Moby Dick, which I have a really funny story. I believe it's funny. You should never say it's funny, but to me it's funny. Moby Dick, War and Peace, Proust. Uh, It it was, I, I needed, but there are some other books I haven't read, so I need an extension on the pandemic variant to the rescue. But here's my Moby Dick story. I've read parts of Moby Dick and I actually liked it, but but then I gave then I forgot I was reading it or something. So I thought, okay, I have all this time. I'm going to reread Moby Dick or perhaps read it for the first time. We'll see. And I I'm in Book clubs, which I never was in before, and I like them, and I know the secret of book clubs, if you ever want to know. Yeah. Okay, there's there's a few things. One is don't have more than four people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's about hair and makeup, which I'm happy to discuss, but it's not about the book. Two, don't read books that are just going to be good reads. Like, you don't need to discuss Gone Girl. Read (laughs) – the Inferno, which I'm in, and we read aloud. Some of our book clubs are read-aloud book clubs. And it's really interesting what people have to say about that, and then they kind of do, quote, research, which means look on Google, Wikipedia. And so you learn a lot. <laughs> and I've, I've read really great books in book clubs, and I, I am not a book club person. But getting back to Moby Dick, so I asked my three friends, if they wanted to be in a Moby Dick book club. And I happened upon this website called MobyDickBigRead.com. That website has actors reading, a different actor a d- actor reads a chapter. Mm-hmm. And they start with Tilda Swinton and they do go down a little bit from there because it's always down from Tilda Swinton. And so they said, sure, but one of the uh, friend said, but my father-in-law is dying. I've got to be driving back and forth to Pennsylvania. Could you wait until he dies? So I said, sure. Didn't die, didn't die, didn't die, didn't die. So meanwhile, I think my boyfriend who lives here, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't go in for like reading aloud or anything or, or listening to things. But, but you know, he's trapped here with me. So I said, you want to just do Moby Dick? I don't know. And then he does it. And we both think it's, and I do think it's the best book ever written. Mm. I love it. And we really loved it. And we do a chapter a night. We listen to it. Uh, I also read it at the same time. Then my friend says, okay, my father in law died. Let's do the book club. Mm-hmm. So the four of us do this book club. And we don't read it, we don't listen to it. We decide reading's better. But I don't tell that book club that I'm actually 36 chapters ahead of them with another yeah. book club with Paul. And mm-hmm. I don't tell Paul that I'm in another Moby Dick book club. So I'm <laughs> cheating on two books, book clubs wow. with each wow. other.
0: That's impressive. And
1: it's very impressive. Moby Dick is a book that you can you actually can read simultaneously at different places because there's not really a plot. However, the other book club says, people say things to me like, you're really prescient. Or, <laughs> God, I think, I think why not one time, this friend of mine said, I think you know things that you're not telling us. Because I'm going, oh, I wouldn't bet on Queequeg, really. And <laughs> meanwhile, I don't tell Paul, I don't tell Then finally I thought, I'm just going to tell Paul. And he w- felt so betrayed uh-huh. And he said, well, you have, to, you have to quit the other book club. I said, I'm not quitting. He said, well, no, tell them you have COVID and you have to drop out. I go, I'm not going to do that. And then he kind of accepted my betrayal. Mm-hmm. But because he's not as assiduous as the other goody goodies I was with in my other Moby Dick club, I would say, you know, it's fine. We don't have to do a chapter tonight, but I just want to say – the other book club is gaining on us. Anyway, this is all about the <laughs> pandemic. i've I've really liked being locked out and I'm not even people go, oh, it turns out I'm an introvert. I'm not an introvert. I'll, all I do is talk. but we used to go out every night and we always had a good time, but it's it's really nice to read books and watch TV and do whatever you want all the time.
0: Yeah, no, it's complete freedom. And I think part of the freedom is now I live on the island of Manhattan, which is increasingly a kind of a fantasy island. I think it's largely populated today by hedge fund managers and e-bike delivery people. And I'm wondering your view, you have the capacity you've just shared with us to see the future. What is your prediction (laughs) about the destiny of office buildings and Manhattan after everything is converted to condos?
1: Well, it's news to me because I also live in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of vacant. I mean, I've loved the no traffic, even though I kind of like traffic. I do worry about New York, but but I also don't because I think it's resilient. I worry that all of this office space, which does kind of pay. I mean, the offices, the businesses do pay. For right. what we like about New York, I worry about that. I do think if they're gonna be empty, they should give me a little to use a storage space, or just like a shoe oh, that's room. That's a great idea. Would be great. Like, why can't why can't I put my stuff in that? Yeah. And I I, I wonder. I mean, I don't know Olympic training sites or something. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I I mean, you, we hate maybe the hedge fund managers, but don't we want them paying taxes in New York City?
0: If only they um, did, yes. That would be great. Oh,
1: that's true. That is a good point. If only they yeah. did. That is a good point. I don't know. Uh, I just think if I could store my winter clothes in some of those office buildings, I'd be mm-hmm. kind of happy. And my boyfriend every once in a while, maybe store him. Right. I know right. that we're all going to – I can predict that we're all going to say, if only I bought an apartment then, I guess, uh, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it would look like but Naples. But they cheap. They're not cheap, but these office buildings would start to look like laundry hanging in Naples pretty soon if people are storing clothes in all these unoccupied offices. I mean, it would be very beautiful, lots of color.
1: Well, they can turn the lights off. Yeah, it would look nice.
0: I agree. I don't know. Now,
1: I don't know what's going to happen to New York. You don't have I, a prediction. I, I do. Uh, I'm going to bet on New York. I, I think it. I think it'll be fine. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. What okay. do you think?
0: I have no idea. Living on an God. island as we do it's very hard to know what else is real because it's just an island.
1: Completely. One thing that really the election of Trump taught me and everybody who lives in New York is we have no idea about anything because I kept thinking, well, now, how could Trump win since there are no Republicans in the country? And you know, people go, oh, when you go for Thanksgiving, don't bring up politics. I'm thinking this is the only thing we agree on. <laughs> so right. I don't know anything so but I don't predictably not know anything like every once in a while I get it right so it's not that I'm a hundred percent wrong
0: yeah Patty when you're off island as we say here mm-hmm. meaning not in Manhattan what do you miss most
1: well there's the 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 standard i really miss museums Although other other cities have museums i'm from philadelphia they have fabulous museums yeah. i miss a lot of the things that i complain about when i'm here mm-hmm. but i do love the subway i do like noise i do like pollution i mm-hmm. i i do like that i when i moved to new york and then i went home to philadelphia I was just so obnoxious. Well, in New York, we can do this. Well, in New York, we can do this. In New York, we can get wonton soup at three in the morning, even though you don't want wonton soup at three in the morning. And my father said, well, why don't you just go back to New York? Um, I I do love, I love New York, even when I was just looking out my window and looking at New York. I, I, I never left.
0: I think that New York has gone through, obviously, the beginning of the pandemic was especially bad. And now we have Governor Cuomo, who has given kissing almost anybody a bad name. And after the fall of, remember, Elliot Spitzer and Eric Mm -hmm. Schneiderman and Anthony Weiner, I wanted to know if you thought there might be an incel epidemic in the Empire State, or how do you explain all of this?
1: Well... I never heard of the word incel. I did. You don't, know the word incel. do you know the word? Well, I just looked it up involuntary yeah. celibacy. And, uh, well, this is an issue that, um, is complicated for me because I will never forgive them for making Al Franken mm-hmm. resign. I, and so I don't really care if someone's an asshole. I don't really care if they're a good politician. He has taken asshole, uh, you know, Cuomo. I mean, it is a political issue as much. I mean, he's an abuser, abusive. So that's bad. Uh, uh, I don't think, I think COVID gave kissing anyone a bad, bad rep, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So since I just learned the word incel, yeah. One second ago. I, I really couldn't tell you if there's right, an epidemic we'll, of
0: it. We'll probably have to do another but episode.
1: But I want to say, thing. I mean, I want to just say, I, I Cuomo and, and there were, you know, everybody, somebody said, and then everybody took credit for saying, I can't wait till the pandemic's over so I can go back to hating Cuomo. And it came sooner than we thought. Right. Um, a lot of, I mean, boy, talk about someone who's built up a lot of reason for schadenfreude. Um, right. But, but but, his being an asshole, a lot of my friends are assholes, but I like them,
0: okay. <laughs> Patty, <laughs> you mentioned uh, Mr. Trump, who's now, uh, I think his blog failed in Florida, and he's looking for a next gig, but you follow politics, I know, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. which Republican politician in office today you think has the most star power, the most potential.
1: Well, of course, it's more fun to talk about exploding stars, which I believe are called supernova.
0: Yeah, white dwarf, red giant, there are all these great types of stars.
1: So you think Donald Trump is exploding? I guess, I mean, nobody can really take (laughs) his place. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis is looking Mm, pretty bad. I mean, of course, at the rate Florida's going... I don't know if he he will fall he will explode before there is everyone has died in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I feel disloyal to Mitch McConnell, who's my all time least favorite Republican. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, he'll be back. I mean, presumably he'll be running the Senate. He's not going
1: away. He's yeah. He he's. I guess he's he's smart in that way. You don't want to be. You don't want anybody to be smart. I mean, I guess he's shrewd. Notice how I didn't answer the question.
0: Totally cool. But, Patty, I want to turn to the world of culture since many of our listeners are in that world, and I'm wondering if we could just do a quick free association game by asking you what first pops in your head when I say the Met Ball.
1: Well, I know when you play this game, you're just supposed to say phallic symbol. But um, (laughs) how about masks and proof of vaccination card. (laughs) Because I I know that they're having it in September for the first time in two years. And uh, I don't know, traffic jam? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sports for the non-athletic? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, I worked at the Met for seven years as a curator, and I was a, I had the same office for 10 years as a grad student and curator. And it didn't exist in those days, but now oh, really? it, is, it was called the party of the year, and it was just a party. It was a fundraising party. Before Tour. it was before Hollywood came. Mm. What do you think about the ways in which it represents our culture today?
1: Does it? I mean, I mean for the elite, really. And also, I think it's just one more event that they can have the best and worst dressed, uh, mm-hmm. List and I, I have to say, I love going through that, scrolling through the the costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I mean, I like the Halloween for rich adults aspect. Looking at it, I, I I've never been to it, so I, I don't really have any. I, I'm glad that everything is back. I mean, anything that comes back, I'm glad for it.
0: But that doesn't include the next variant and the gamma variant or whatever the unvaccinated American. I think we have spawn. the ga-
1: gamma variant. The thing really? about I will say the thing about the variants is that they might one one thing good about them is that they might teach us the Greek alphabet.
0: Mm-hmm. True.
1: I think I think yeah the gamma variant's there. Delta plus is there. I keep waiting for the variant. That comes with good side effects like sh- you will have shiny hair, free hulu for a month, <laughs> or like the power to communicate with fruit. But um but I, I know I know we're worried about the delta variant.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, perhaps less so. In Europe it seems to be fading very quick. In the UK anyway, it's fading as fast as it came. Now uh, let me ask it, you. Yeah. It's one thing mm-hmm. to go to a park and to go to even a museum where you can walk around in a mask. But mm-hmm. what's it going to take for you to go to a performance at Lincoln Center again?
1: A ticket? <laughs> I would go. I, I would go. I'll wear a mask. I got vaccinated. Uh, I, first of all, I'm immortal. Uh, mm-hmm. I And by the way, I love masks. My whole life I thought, why can't the fashion be putting a paper bag over your head, save on <laughs> makeup. And lo and behold, we have to wear masks. I always wear masks. I'm always cold. So I love the scarf aspect. I love the anonymity. I am. I hope masks never go away. I, I just went to Shakespeare in the park the other night, uh-huh. uh, which I know isn't the same thing because it's outside, but we're mm-hmm. close together. Um, you know, I believe in the power of the vaccination. I mean, even... No, you don't want the variant. You don't want the variant. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the variant. So I don't really mean to cavalier, be cavalier about it. But you wouldn't. What would it take for you to go?
0: I think I'm going to wait for a while, just because I'm perfectly happy to enjoy music from the comfort of my whatever at the moment.
1: Well, but- that's another thing. I mean, I there's plenty to do on my TV. It turns out I can entertain myself yeah. very well. So it's 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 less. It feels less urgent, unfortunately, I think, because I, I love theater and I went to a lot of theater. And I I I don't like that I don't feel that it feels so necessary anymore. I even saw a lot of pretty interesting theater online, on, on Zoom. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and there's an effort for that to be a new genre that lasts well past the pandemic, isn't there?
1: It's, it's not the same thing, but some people did really innovative things with it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of innovation, many people are traveling again and trying to figure out safe ways and new ways of traveling, but I've heard that you like to get to the airport a week before your flight. And I'm wondering what you can share with us as coping mechanisms for travel.
1: Oh, that's, you heard that? That's true, but I didn't know. Um, (laughs) So, uh, well, I, you know, coping isn't one of my strengths really, but I do get to the airport early. I get everywhere early because two reasons. One is I really can't stand that stomachache of the possibility of being late, like caught dry. I just hate it so much. So that would be the stick. And the carrot is that I love waiting. I love waiting rooms. I it's free time I leave every I I I'm always early always early I have my Kindle I have truly 600 unread books on my Kindle so hmm. I could wait for a long time um and I I have I have no other real uh, coping strategies I mean expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed I guess that's something
0: it's a great uh, life philosophy I, and i think it it gets us very far down the road with the pandemic
1: but traveling i'm not i mean one thing that i'm bad really bad is that i over i overpacked for every i overpack for like jury duty or taking the bus
0: when were you last on jury duty
1: i've never been on jury duty i've gone <laughs> down and not gotten jury duty yeah and i isn't that truly i mean Theoretically, I would love to be on jury duty, but mm-hmm. it's always, well, just not this second. I would love it. I, I don't know anybody who's been on jury duty who hasn't said it was a wonderfully uh, interesting and and affirming exercise. I mean, I, I, have you ever been on jury duty?
0: I, like you, I've been summoned to those huge rooms in, in Center Street and sat for the half a day until I'm dismissed and I feel disappointed.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I once got to the point where we were in a, in a room and the lawyer told us the case, mm-hmm. and it's kind of disgustingly interesting. So they, the lawyer said, okay, I've got to tell you, this is a story, an insurance case about a baby who died in a fire. Does anybody have a problem with that? Jeez. Not one person, not one person, including me—I'm ashamed to say—had a problem with the baby dying in the fire. Then mm. he said it could last two weeks. Does anyone have a problem with that? <laughs> Every single person. <laughs> like baby die, okay. Two weeks? Mm, I can't do that.
0: Oh, and there's our democracy in a nutshell. <laughs> speaking of the future both of the democracy in this city there are some adventurous millennials who are considering a move to new york now that outdoor dining is a thing here could you share some tips for them about how to downsize from a house in the midwest to a new york city apartment
1: wait 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 wait. let's back up millennials are moving to new york because we have outdoor dining absolutely that's like moving to Elk City, Oklahoma, because they let you make a right turn on a red light.
0: <laughs> you know, the city is different now. It is easier to find deals. It is easier for young people to figure okay, out. Okay, yeah, but outdoor
1: dining. I, I hate outdoor dining. I really do. I, I, it's, but um, of course I have no tips, but I will say... I've thrown a lot out over the years and I don't think I've ever regretted throwing anything out, but I have another tip
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I, Paul and I spent a summer going over his st- storage unit, which I'm not exaggerating. He had things like a parking meter in it and would say things like, when I say, you got to throw that out, they go, but then what am I going to wear if I go to the Amazon? So we <laughs> threw it through that relentlessly for a whole month and then because we're masochists at night we watched antique road show oh, i can't believe my parking meter would have been like worth two hundred thousand dollars so i would say if you're downsizing do not watch antique road show
0: what about the show storage wars have you seen that
1: i have not i have not is it good do you like it
0: patty I, I swear, if you and Paul don't watch one episode of Storage Wars after this, okay. I'll be bravely disappointed, because it's the low-rent version of Antiques Roadshow, if you think there could be such a thing. Okay,
1: because I, I love Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, there's Somebody told me that there's a whole category on YouTube based on uh, either something they do in England or a show. It's brilliant. They pair hoarders with people who have OCD. <laughs> so they they send the OCT people into the hoarder's house. And it's, it's just like brilliant chemistry.
0: Amazing. Now, one last question, which is that you recently wrote huh. about vaccinated seating at major league baseball parks. Worth a read for everyone. I'm wondering if you've ever experienced writer's block And if so, do you have any remedies to suggest
1: every second? I mean, the only thing I'm good at is deleting, uh, do I have any remedies? Uh, just make everyone around you suffer (laughs) because it's your problem, but make it their problem too. Uh, I have, I know, I mean, truly, I don't know if there's anything to do other than kind of accept that you've had it before and it'll pass, but that's not really a good solution
0: at all Patty thank you so much for helping us kick off this month of August as people begin like me to disappear uh, for a break and I'm grateful to you for taking us down this road with you Thank you We've been speaking today with Patricia Marks a staff writer at The New Yorker We're going to let Patty's keen observations about modern life marinate for a while and with that Art Scoping will return after Labor Day with a new round of guests, drawn from within and around the cultural world. Until then, feel free to return to earlier episodes you might have missed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and follow me on Twitter or Instagram at MaxAndersonUSA.